Hello and welcome to today's episode of the BAMcast. I'm your host, Baker Shields, and it's my goal to help you to learn, grow, and evolve by any means necessary. Today's episode features Bradley Goldman and Jennifer Barker. They are a couple and they are one of our biggest success stories within my software company, me and Mike's software company, AR Funnel. They have a huge brand within the health and fitness and nutrition industry called Nutrition Built Strength that has been around for several years now, and they absolutely crush it. But they have a very unconventional story on how they met and how their relationship started that you'll learn about inside of today's episode. They also have a very powerful message, I believe, on resilience with the things that they do, living in two different states, having two different custody schedules with two different sets of kids from previous marriages, and how they make that work flying multiple times, multiple flights a week back and forth to each other, running the business all at the same time, and running it at a very high level at a very large scale. So it's a very interesting um, conversation that we have today, and I hope you guys get as much out of it as I did. I really enjoyed that chat around resilience. If you're new here, welcome to the show. And if you're not new here, if you get something out of this episode, I would love for you to share the show. That's the only way that it's going to grow. So even if it's just a timestamp that you want to share with somebody, bring them to this episode and let them listen to one clip. Maybe it'll change their life for the better. That's my hope for you guys. And if not, maybe another episode will help do the exact same thing. So thank you guys in advance. And without further ado, let's hop right in and talk to Bradley and Jennifer. All right, Jennifer and Bradley. What's up, guys? What's going on, Baker? Good to see you. Happy Friday. Yes, happy Friday. As of when we're filming this, happy Monday if you're listening. Um, True. This is, we were just talking right before we hopped on here press record. I think this is going to be definitely probably one of the most interesting episodes that we have because yesterday when we were kind of prepping for this episode. We, I was like, all right, just jokingly, I was like, hey, you guys give me some dirt on like things I can talk about, some things I can bring up inside of the episode. And immediately you're like, okay, you ready? And then you just like, just threw a ton of things. And I'm just scrambling to keep up with notes. Um, so we've got a lot. I don't know if we'll get through all of it today, but uh, it, I am super excited to just kind of dive into what makes you guys tick um, and see how I can just pull out some, like I said, value out of those big, beautiful brains you guys have and uh, <laughs> see what we can do together. Yeah, man, we're excited. Nothing, right. nothing off limits. We told you. Okay. Sounds good to me. So um, I know the first thing that I want to kind of talk about, and it was the first thing that you guys actually said to me as well, and made sure that I knew this when we first started working together for AR, um, was, <laughs> yeah, a long time ago, um, was that you guys were married when you first met with your company, right? Um, whenever the, the company was kind of a few stages prior, right? Yeah. So talk about that and that situation. Well, you want to... So I'll tell you, so yes, we were married. Um, it's, we are not, that's not something we're proud of. Um, it is what it is. Um, but so when I started nutrition, build strength, um, we started on Facebook. Um, I did a coaching like course. Um, it was supposed to be like a 12 month course, three months in, um, I started making money in the pandemic. Um, I had at that time I had, my daughter was not yet born yet. Uh, my ex-wife was pregnant. Uh, we were a single income household. I had lost, uh, my business, my personal training and strength and conditioning, uh, gym in Beverly Hills that I had for eight years uh, to I the pandemic in the pandemic. Yeah. So I had, okay. I had a personal training business in Beverly Hills for eight years. Uh, 2020, I literally watched, uh, in 14 days, I watched my business of eight years just crumble beneath my feet in a matter of 14 days. Again, wow. single income household, baby on the way, uh, ju- the house, we probably had only had the house for maybe like a year and a half. Um, and 
I scrambled to figure out what to do next out of, into pivot. Um, to be completely honest, before that pivot though, uh, I spent many weeks, probably about two weeks, if not more, uh, just drinking myself into oblivion. Um, pandemic was hard. Pandemic was hard. Um, I had not had an online presence. I had tried, you know, the Instagram route. Um, and I was like, well, this is where we're going. So started nutrition, built strength. Um, we kind of grew within the Facebook community. Um, we grew within the Peloton community. Um, Jennifer was a big name within that community. And, uh, she had a Facebook group, uh, miles muscle motivation that was about 6,000. I think when we finally oh. talked, it was around closer to like 9,000 people. Nine, yeah. 9,000 wow. people large. And I was trying to figure out like, how do I create a follow? Like, how do I create a group like that? Um, and then once, um, I kind of got to see what she does with the group, I was like, wait, she's not monetizing this. I yeah. Like, I had met so. him through Peloton Nutrition. It's another Facebook group. I had seen some of the things he was posting. I liked his attitude. It was very like laid back, like include your lifestyle with your diet. Um, yeah, very crass, very in your face, which was very like something that kind of spoke to me. And I had this, yeah. this other group. He's also not bad to look at. So I thought, you know what? I would love to have some nutrition advice in this group that I had. Um, it was mostly around strength training, uh, riding your bike, that kind of thing. And I wanted nutrition. So I was like, hey, would you join as a moderator to my group um, and help with nutrition? And he was, I think, like, that was like his entree into my group, right? Like, obviously, I just gave you 9,000 leads who wouldn't want to be in that group. So uh, he started doing a couple of things here and there. Not really. He wasn't the best moderator ever, I have to say. Oh, um, I hate social media. <laughs> but then he asked me to be on his podcast. And uh, so we decided to do a podcast episode uh, together. And uh, we there. he always says there was no flirtation or chemistry or anything going on. According to him, he was completely oblivious, which doesn't surprise me because he is pretty oblivious. Yep. <laughs> um, but we did this podcast episode. We uh, streamed it live in Miles, Muscles, and Motivation, um, my group. And then um, I think you, you did it also in NBS community, I yeah, think. Probably. Yeah, we invited some of the NBS community members to join as well. Um, okay. And all of my friends said, are you guys – is there something going on between you two? And we had never even met in person. We'd shared a couple of text messages, a couple of messenger messages, but nothing was going on at that point. Like literally nothing. Mm -hmm. But all my friends were like, you guys were so hot. Like you could just tell there was something between you guys. And at, even at that point, both of us were still no, like we were, we were married. Like we had both had our own troubles in our marriages, but we were really committed to get through the pandemic. At that point, we were still, you know, stay at home. Like there was nothing, nothing going on. Um, yeah. and slowly, but surely I just got really interested in, in the nutrition side of things. And I think we'll talk about this a little bit, but I have a passion for, uh, weight loss and nutrition myself because I lost 90 pounds. So I had always thought about maybe moving on into a nutrition space. Eventually, um, I'd been a weight watcher most of my life. My mom took me to my first weight watcher meeting when I was 12 and I wow. saw the, the detriments that that kind of diet culture could have on, on me as an individual. Um, and having a, a daughter who was at that point about 12 wow. as well, I knew mm -hmm. that I really wanted to teach people how to do it the right way. So, um, I reached out to Bradley. We'd been talking a little bit and said, Hey, would you be interested in having another coach join your team? And I think he laughed at me at first and it was like, sure, sure, sure. Go get a precision nutrition certificate and get back to me. She also yeah. was, I, I laughed because she also was really high up at American Heart Association. She was a nonprofit okay. fundraising for 18 years, 18 years. I was like, 
okay, go do this. Yeah, like, I was on the never, national team there. You're like, never going to do it. <laughs> and it would I would be leaving a job that was paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to me to just go off onto my own and do something I was passionate about. So I, I did. I got, it took me about six months. I came back and I was like, look at my shiny certificate. I've done it. Mm. And I think he was like, oh, fuck. Now what do I do? Uh, yeah. So he asked me to join the Honest. team. And then we started to work together. And I think what I will say is as much as he's good looking on the outside, and he'd probably say the same about me. Uh, is, you, you're my better half. On the <laughs> you're better looking than I am. It, his brain is what really made me just sink in all the way. Um, yeah. He is one of the most driven people I've ever met. He's um, He would say, not book smart at all. I think that it doesn't matter. Um, the way that he looks at problems and he attacks things the resiliency that he has, I was like, I was all in. I was mm -hmm. smitten so badly. Um, yeah. So then I kind of pursued him for a little while. So yeah. yeah. She came on as a coach um, and I knew her kind of story at AHA because that's why I did the podcast with her. Really, I did the podcast because I'm like, so you've done what I need to do, but I need to monetize it. So you're clearly yeah. good at doing this. And when she said she wanted to come coach clients, I was like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, fuck. Yes. Like you actually did it. But also I'm like, <laughs> Cool. So we're going to do this for like three months just so you can see how everything works <laughs> and I can see how serious you are. But when we, when I hired her, I was like, okay, I already know you're going to do this for a short period of time because business development is where you're going to source. She also, I didn't know at the time has her MBA. So <laughs> after three months, it was like, okay, let's move you out of coaching because this is a waste of everybody's time. And <laughs> even though clients loved her, clients loved her at all. Like, and she was good. I was like, this is a waste of time. Let's get you on the business development side of things. And that's yeah. when that's when things started to change between us, between that's when things started to change for the company. Um, I mean, I'm sure you get it. Like, even like when we talk to you and Mike, like, you know, when you meet people that are that think that can get on your wavelength, where you yep. when you're when you're spitballing, like essentially when we hired AR, we fell in love with you and Mike. And mm -hmm. it was, we, we looked at a $12,000 investment we had made, you know, that year. And we're like, great, we're just going to burn this to the ground because they we, can't we, think like, right. Us. But like, and so but, we, but you guys can. Right. And so it's like when Jennifer, when I realized that with Jennifer, it was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yep. yep. So that's the rest <laughs> that's is history. That. We, we both left our spouses and, uh, we ended up together and we've been together for over two years now. Um, and it's been a roller coaster, but like one of the most exciting adventures I've ever been on. That's awesome. That's, that's, so that's, that's us and the kids back there. You can't yeah. see it, but that's us and the kids. In Hawaii. I like it. I <laughs> like it. That's awesome. Um, so, um, that's kind of the story about how you guys, <clears throat> I guess got together, right? But you also mentioned to me, um, we were talking the other day that there was a little bit of like a period after that of really some backlash from from like <laughs> you guys getting together and like the actions of, you know, obviously both being married and then, you know, pursuing each other. So talk about a little bit of like, you don't have to get into any of the details, right? Or any of the nitty gritty of it. But how did you guys deal with the types of things that you were being that, that were being said about you, that were being put out there about you and, and so on and so forth because of the situation. So I won't get into too much detail. So yeah. I've never, I've never talked about, you know, the, the weeds of my divorce or anything like that. I, I've out of respect for my daughter and things like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, so I've, I, I have friends that are big names on social media within the fitness industry, like, but they're just friends to me. I've never been a person that's like, 
I want cred. I want the the notoriety. Like, I don't care. Like, I just don't care. I want to build something. I want to help people and things like that. So there was a point where this all kind of spiraled at one time. There was a lot of um, chaos around my divorce. Um, The lead registered dietitian that had been working with us um, from the essentially the inception of the company um, shortly after I was like, she was one of my first, she was my first hire that wasn't admin. Okay. Um, essentially for like three months was, and we didn't know this was trying to take the company out from, from under me. Um, on top of that, there was a lot of turmoil around my divorce. Um, and in the, I don't even know how this happened in the Peloton community within the Peloton community. There's some real ugliness out there, like some really weird troll groups. Um, I didn't even know what trolls were <laughs> prior to this. I, if you're someone's like, have you, do you know what a troll is online? I'd be like a, a gnome under a bridge that's on. <laughs> I, I had no idea. Yeah. So we got all there was, it got to the point where there is a Facebook group of about, I think 170 people of trolls these are grown adults with kids older than our kids kids in their in college kids that are grown kids younger kids that essentially their whole the whole point was to do everything they could to put as much dirt out there as possible on the internet to to essentially defame the company the only problem is is a lot of the dirt they're putting out there nothing is anything i've ever denied i've never denied what, how Jennifer and I are together. Um, they try to bring up um, my steroid abuse in my 20s. There's a literal Time Magazine article where I am the cover of the Time Magazine article discussing what happened and why I was infertile and like what I had to go through to have my daughter. Like nothing that was yeah, they not talk, public. Yeah, like, they talk about my yeah. weight loss, like how I lost weight with like taking pills and injections. And I was like, no, if you're somebody who's lost 90 pounds, you can't, there's no plastic surgery that can make you lose 90 pounds. I don't care mm-hmm. who you are. Like they're, they they do not they can't cut 90 pounds off your body. I oh. wish that would be, or if I could have taken a magic pill, I would have taken a magic pill. I've been really yeah. upfront. I had a C-section with my daughter and I had ended up with a really bad scar. And so I had a tummy tuck after, but this was like 12, 13 years ago. This was not like current information. And they would yeah. post pictures of me in a bikini and like circle my scars and show how I had like fat showing in some pictures and not in other pictures. They would Photoshop penises going into my mouth when I was like eating a certain food. Um, it was, it was ugly. And it got to the point where it was, it was me- taxing on our mental health. I think. Oh no. Taxing yeah. on our mental health. I mean, financially, I'm like, we had our corporate attorney trying to deal with stuff. I mean, my, I have a family member who at the time was a very high up at Facebook who would essentially push troubleshoot tickets through for me internally. Um, how do we deal with it? It was a grueling in that time frame. Also, we lost our free 7,000 person Facebook group, um, due to some uh, of the information they some were the information sharing with people. and we were in negotiations with another company cause there was a trademark issue. Um, how do we deal with it? We stuck together. I mean, yeah. it was, mm-hmm. there was some pretty dark days. I'm not going to lie. There were some pretty dark days. Um, Both of us had moments of weakness where we were just really like, it was like, how do we keep going? And I don't know what I would have done without him and vice versa. Um, Just being able to have your best friend with you to get through it. If it had been all like just an attack on me or just an attack on him, I think it would have been really hard for us to, to press through. But that's one of the things I think makes us really strong is the ability to 
pick up the pieces for the other person yeah. when things are hard. And the one thing that, you know, the, the missing piece we're not saying here is we've built a company that's like a family and our staff, you know, I call them family all the time, our leadership team. I mean, they stood by us through thick and thin, like never wavered, never once faltered. They just, they, they stuck by the company because especially when they started attacking the company, they're like, yeah, no. And then you bring our kids into it. And my, our staff was like, nope, like nothing. Like we might, we might see like a dip in things with the company, but nothing, no, y'all aren't giving up. We're not giving up. So we're pressing through. So, yeah. And yeah. I think it brought us all closer together as a company yeah. too. Like there's, there was nothing I wouldn't do for our, our two, like the two people who are on our leadership team, our, our other registered dietitians, like we love them like family. We travel with them. We all took them to Disney world in October. Um, you know, this is a family owned and operated company. And when we say that we mean that this yeah. is, this is our family, but it was nuts. Like, to have a fake Facebook account made about, or fake, fake, I had a fake Instagram account made about me, a Facebook, the Facebook group that was literally like, essentially like hating on nutrition build strength. I'm like, this yeah. is, if I had your time and energy, do you know the things that I would do with my life? I'd probably take a nap, first of all. Probably <laughs> I would take an extra it's, shower. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, so, so my, my sister, Addison and I, we've had a, a, a similar amount of, um, internet hate. And really as she kind of gained notoriety and a following and everything on social media, she's, so we've talked about this in, a, in one episode, I guess, but we have like a genetic, it's technically it's referred to as a mutation that it's um, from a, a thing called lipodystrophy. And so it's something that was like passed down from um, our grandfather and then like his mom. And it's just like, it tracks through our entire family tree. Um, even so far as to like, whenever we were younger, um, we were, we all grew up in Oklahoma. They flew our family to Dallas to run some like tests and everything on our family. Cause we were the first family that it had been like noticed in like widespread wise. And so they could test everybody at once because we were all close now, together. Like, I'm pretty sure. So one of our first, one of our, one of my clients way back when lipodystrophy, mm -hmm. is that where you hold fat in your legs? You well, that's, so you have two of the variables, right? But it's, you hold fat in everywhere except for your legs. So like oh. you can't get. All right, well, you can't get fat in any of your extremities. So like you can't get it in your arms, you can't get it in your legs, but you can get only hold it in your torso and your face. So like people on lipodystrophy, they'll, if they aren't taking care of themselves, they can have a super round face, a super big tummy, right? But like they don't have a, they, they can be absolutely shredded, like have huge calves, like every legs are still see veins visibly in legs and arms and everything. Anyways, it's so Addison looks very different from most girls. And so one of the big things that we've had to fight ever since she first started, when she first started training, when you don't have fat on your, on your legs as a woman, like, and your muscles are very pronounced, like the first assumption is always steroids. Okay. Uh -huh. always. So like even our mom who doesn't necessarily strength train near as much, she does some, our, all of our aunts, our grandpa, even into his old age before he passed away last year, he like, he still had extremely like lean arms and legs and like you could see it's not necessarily hypertrophy at that point, but it looks like hypertrophy. Like it looks like hypertrophied muscles, I should say, because like the muscle bellies and everything are very visible. You can see all the definition and the muscle fibers and everything. But with Addison, just like any other girl ever, she started by training her, her glutes like extremely hard right. all the time. Right. Like just like every girl when they first mm -hmm. start lifting. So she got like disproportionately, she got extremely big glutes to start out. Right. And the, her, 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 so her hamstrings and quads didn't really match up. And so 
then whenever she started posting more, like it was, oh, this girl had glued implants. She had implants. And, yeah. Yeah. And so it was like, that was like the first thing. And so, you know, my sister at this point is 19, 20 years old. Say she, she's a baby. Yeah. She's having to deal with all of this like stuff online and people saying terrible things about her and accusing her of these things. And like, if you actually watch any of her videos, you can see the striations in her freaking glutes as they're flexing and everything like that. Like that doesn't happen with, um, oh, and Addie, Addie always, yeah. Addie always makes the joke of like, if, if it was a surgery, like they pretty, they really screwed me because I don't have hips. They didn't give me hips. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, what's um, crazy though, like I've seen, I've seen Addie's social media and I, like, but Addie has a big following. So like for her to get internet hate, like, yes, like that sucks. Yeah. But also I'm like, okay, it tracks. Like you're, you're growing within the fitness As you industry. Grow, yep. We're nobody, nobody. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm a girl like, dad. I think you had like 900 followers. Yeah. Time I'm like, I'm a girl yeah. dad from the burbs. Like, yeah. Like our Facebook group, blah, blah, blah. blah. I'm like, okay, Addie, like sure. Because of her, the size of her account, like I mm -hmm. get it. Also that sucks. And also, sure. also I hate you because if I can have my legs being as lean as Addie's and I've seen Addie's, her legs are ridiculous. Yeah, they are. <laughs> like, I mean, it, yeah. and it's, it's just terrible. Internet just bullying terrible. though is not okay. And I think about all of our, like we didn't, I didn't have Facebook or social media when I was growing mm -hmm. up, like in high school, mm -hmm. there was, we had, we developed film. Okay. There was no social media. Right. Um, and I think about my daughter now, who's a freshman in high school. I would not want to grow up in a social media no. world. It's so, no. I can't, the bullying, the the way that they feel like they have to always present themselves, the the TikToks, the I mean, it's just it's it's sad, and I I wish there was more that we could do to like make people realize that you can really hurt somebody for a very long time with just one comment, with one post, with one. And that social media, is, social media, is, it's a highlight reel. Like I mean, I like I said, I barely, I don't consume a lot personally. Like. You know me, like I'll watch your stuff, I'll watch my stuff. Like there's a couple things, but like it's it's a highlight reel. Nobody puts up there. Yes. Here's the shit that's going on in my life. Like yeah. And on. when we do, then we're con we're called victims, which I also think is really ridiculous. I'm like, there's been yeah. some really shitty things that have happened to me in my life. I'm allowed to talk about them. Like you don't yeah. get to tell me what I get to talk about, what I don't get to talk about. This was a weird tangent. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's uh no, no, no. It's it. I think it's super relevant because it is. Like, you know, there was a, a long period of time where I was getting, there was a ton of Reddit threads and like weird stuff like what you guys are talking about that were started about Addie that I got looped into several times because they're like, oh, her brother looks a little, like he's got a little bit too much muscle for his, a little too much muscle for his age as well. Like maybe they're both on, like it's a family thing. Um, and but yeah, I it is a family that. thing. It's called, a, through a it's phase. called a mutation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd go through a phase of like, I would get a call from Addie middle of the week, right? She's in college and stuff. I'd get a call from her and she'd be broke down crying because Aww. of this latest thing that came out or like an, a, one of those people that does like internet hate, like gossip stuff, right? Where they pick up a reel of hers and then they do a natty or not thing on her and they tear her apart. And everyone in the comments is calling her a fraud. And like, we're exploiting people for money because we're, you know, it's, it's all sorts of People like that, they typically follow a, a specific, very specific blueprint. And it's usually a, on Instagram specifically, it's usually a nameless, faceless account. Yeah, and man. it's usually a very specific, like targeted thing that is trying to drive a nail or a wedge right into the person's emotions. And mm -hmm. it is what I always remind Addie, and, and we've talked about it a bunch um, on the podcast as well, is it's never actually about you. 
right? right? It's about them. Because like you guys were saying earlier and alluding to, and I'm going on a super long track just to get back to it. So I apologize about that. But it's these people, like we would be doing something much more productive with our time, right? These people don't have something more productive. Like this is what they view as the most productive use of their time is trying to bring other people down or exploit what could possibly be an insecurity in someone else because they feel like that might hide some of their insecurities or make them feel better about theirs. Right. And it's a, it's a very weird behavior. You know, it's sad. I've, as I've kind of gotten more and more and more of it and I've, I've experienced more of it alongside of her. It is, I have starting to become a little bit more numb and actually start to pity those people because it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, I know for a fact, like you're, you guys are saying there's, I see guys and they have daughters in their profile pictures and they're talking terrible about this, you know, teenage to early 20 year old girl and talking terrible about her. And I'll just say something like, Hey, you know, looks like I might've caught you on a bad day. Hopefully you never talk to your daughter like this or put any type of limitations on her. Like you are on my sister, you know, have a great rest of your day. And then typically they'll, they'll apologize or they'll, try and like do another jab or something. And it's just, you can tell that it's kind of cutting right through them. I don't even like now, nowadays when it happens, I literally, it's like, it doesn't even like, we have I to just, I just, I just like, don't, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what is this actually? I'm like, you know, the, the crazy part is I'm like, you know, so much about us. Mm-hmm. You have so much invested in us. I couldn't tell you your first, last name, state you live in, occupation, age, family, gender sexual per- i couldn't tell you a damn thing about you i can't yeah. i don't even know if, if you someone was like do you know this person's name i couldn't even tell you what the, your profile picture looks like so to the point i mean tell addy be like girl you just gotta let it you just just run yeah. it because at the end of the day guess what they're doing they feed the algorithm so yeah <laughs> absolutely that's totally correct um well you guys both have daughters right jennifer you have a teenage daughter correct yep and she's Bradley- uh, to be 15 um in february it's crazy Yes, that is crazy. Gosh, she's about to be hitting the roads. Oh, yeah. Um, Got her permit last week. So it's a big time of life. That's exciting. <laughs> um, and then Bradley, you've got a toddler. She's three, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. Adorable little girl. I always see your, your videos and everything of her. <laughs> I know that, that you guys' daughters play a huge role into what you're trying to do with NBS. So real quickly, describe, tell us about NBS and what you guys do. Okay. And then I want to talk about the motivations behind specifically why you guys have, have such a heavy influence, um, or, or sway towards the female audience or demographic. Do you want to talk about what we do and I'll tell them about why? Yeah. So nutrition build strength is a company that helps, um, you know, women, typically women, uh, we have some men clients as well, but with their weight loss journey, um, we have a team of registered dietitians that work one-on-one with our clients to help teach them the science-based uh, nutrition side of things. Um, I had done every fad diet out there, the isogenics, the Weight Watchers, the Octavia's, the, you know, um, all the new weight loss medications. Um, you know, there's all those things out there, but what we really want to do is teach people how to use real food to get real results. Um, and to learn how to use, have their life fit into the diet, not have the diet have to like shove into their life. Like that's just not the way that I don't think people want to live their life long run. Um, that causes your dieting and everything else. So and you lost 90 pounds, correct? I did. I lost 90 pounds. And okay. it was a journey from after I weighed 218 when I gave birth. Um, and from that point forward, I was like, I will never be this way again. And um, got down 
to, you know, in, into my like one forties. And then I ended up getting really complacent and put a bunch of weight back on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in 2018 when I got my Peloton that I decided to really finally lose the weight. I lost another 45 pounds. It got down to 128. So the 90 pound weight loss from 218 down to 128 when I was at my absolute leanest also was, um, probably an, a, not a sustainable weight at 128. Yeah. So I put a little bit of weight back on, but I feel really comfortable that I can still live life and go out and have cocktails and eat out. And, um, I don't know, just live our life. We travel a ton. Um, but that's the way real life and real diet should work. So absolutely. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what you guys yeah. talk about in MBS, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Jennifer, like for those that are, you know, if anybody watches the playback after Jen, I'm 35, Jennifer's 45. So, you know, she looks damn good for 45, but, um, the reason she looks great. I just look damn good. Don't say for 45. You do. do. (laughs) That's very true. That's very true. Um, but the reason behind why nutrition builds strength is what it is. Look, when we first started the company, um, when I first had the idea, um, ran a sample study back in 2020, cause I did, I was, I did, I competed, bodybuilding, powerlifting. I've done the chicken and broccoli, the steroids. I've lived that life. Um, and then when obviously the pandemic hit and I, it didn't really occur to me until I was in this mentoring program. I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Um, I want to do something that's different, something that's different. And I realized that I can never be a present father. I can never be a loving father. I can never enjoy having, you know, pancakes. Kennedy calls them daddy's fluffy pancakes. And, you know, she, if we go to movies, having popcorn with her, I could never do that and live the way I used to live. So my first, my first mission was how do I create something for people that want to live a normal life, but still take care of themselves at the same time? How do I make, how do I make nutrition family oriented? That was my first thing. And as the company started to grow, um, and once K was, was born, um, I started to realize there was this big hole in the amount of resources that have been invested into women's health. Like for example, there was a there is a study that got posted the other day about the amount of studies currently being done on Viagra, Viagra or erectile dysfunction, excuse me, erectile yeah. dysfunction versus menopause, and it's a huge there's a huge gap. And I think, I think it was like 71% of the, between the, the, all the studies that they looked at. So all the studies being done on erectile dysfunction right now, and all the studies being done on, on menopause, 71% of those studies were being done on erectile dysfunction. So and erectile dif- dysfunction only affects 19% of men when menopause affects 100% yeah. of women. Right. So a very, very big dis- difference there. So the yeah. more, the more, I've seen that happen. The more I've seen the lack of resources that women have, the more it made me realize, no, I want to make sure that I'm, that we now, that we are setting up as a company, something that is never going to make our daughters look back and go, well, why wasn't I taken into consideration? Because if nobody tries to break the cycle that's been going, then it's never going to change. And I never want to leave this world knowing that my daughter's health and future, our daughter's health and future, she's mm-hmm. not, Ava's not mine yet, but she will be. <laughs> um, but our daughter's health and future were not taken into consideration just because they were born daughters and not sons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. I think that's super powerful. And it, I mean, it, it even brings up like, you know, there's always that debate of, um, you know, why is the the burden of birth control typically just put on the woman, right? Like we, we, your hormones are screwed up. You guys are put on these things that are, you know, it's, it's being more and more proven day after day, month after month, study after study that those things can be extremely detrimental to a a woman's overall health and 
hormonal health, especially um, to the effect where it even alters mental states and things like that with within the chemistry of your of your little literal brain, right? Um, But there's so much reason that that burden always gets forced upon the the woman, right? Mm -hmm. When it's never really looked at of like, what can what can men be responsible for? What are men? What can men be doing to to do that? And so I think it's it's almost like a mirror, right? Because it's like before conception and then later on in life, right? The the entire burden, again, is we're not looking at how can we help women, we're looking at how can we help men? How and yeah, and work? like, look, when it comes to nutrition, let's be honest, like nutrition is nutrition, science is science, yes. But how that information is delivered is very different. You know what I mean? Yeah. How, when we're talking about things like menopause, the science is the science, that does not change. Mm-hmm. The application though, there are so many other factors that we're now dealing with in terms of application that are not necessarily going to be science-based. We're talking, I mean, Jennifer has had so many symptoms of perimenopause that she never experienced before, but like things like, I don't know, you were never an emotional eater before and now menopause is rearing its ugly head and now you are. Okay. You have all this anxiety right. and you can't sleep at night and right. you you know, you're getting hot flashes. So you don't want to eat anything. You don't want anything. <laughs> so it's like the science is the science, but it's the, the delivery of the, the delivery of the science and the application, because how we do things here, like I said, going back to the, the, the fundamentals of the program we designed. Yes. It was for, how do we make this a family oriented program more of like, mm-hmm. it was initially designed for busy parents, but as it's grown and changed, we've used those same fundamentals to focus on helping women specifically and predominantly women who are perimenopausal um, or experiencing menopause symptoms because you can't just say eat chicken and fucking broccoli also nobody wants to do that shit right. like nobody yeah. does you're you're a mom you've got you got a, a mom who's running around to she's got three boys they all play soccer on different nights so you're at a soccer field monday through friday yeah guess what you're not gonna be able to sit down i don't expect you to go take your tupperware to the field absolutely not Right. Absolutely not. Or like, like it's the weekend. I'm tired from the weekend. I want to, I don't, I want to focus on my weight loss, but I also don't want to be fucking neurotic. I want to go to social events. I want to socialize. I want to go have brunch with my girlfriends. I want to have a cocktail with my spouse. I want to have pancakes with my kids Mm -hmm. and there's got, but I don't want to be sitting there tracking every fucking micronutrient, macronutrient. So it was, how do we make sure, how do we speak to an audience that is underserved Mm-hmm. and unrightfully underserved okay yeah. how do we make them how do we make the audience feel heard heard and understood but not ever navigate away from the science mm-hmm. and that's why we have registered dietitians that are, we don't work with people only our registered dietitians do but again it's also i never want our daughters to ever look back and say wow nobody has ever thought we should be putting in the same amount of resources or efforts into our health and our future health. Yep. And that hasn't changed since ever. And that's some, not something that would ever be okay dying with. Well, and something yeah. else we talk about a lot is relationship with food. Um, yeah. And that's something that are, that we constantly push um, forward because, and I, I talked about this earlier about going to Weight Watchers when I was 12, like my mom's relationship with food became my relationship with food. And it wasn't a very good one. It's probably yeah. one of the reasons why I ended up being 218 pounds. I never learned how to use food correctly. I never learned how, you know, how to be able to have dinner with a family. It always mm-hmm. felt like, well, if I'm going to be on or off. There was never like the dimmer switch idea, mm-hmm. which we talk about a lot with our clients. And I know that 
I, I saw the path of creating that same negative relationship with food with Ava. I think I was on keto at the time. She was, I think, 10 or 11. And she came home and told me she wasn't going to eat carbs anymore either. And I was like, wait, what? What? And I realized that was coming from me directly, right? Like, I can't have bread. I can't have ice cream. I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. We actually believe in the idea of I can. We uh, Now I always tell Ava, we don't have, a, we have a rule in our house. You don't say, I can't eat that. You can say, I don't want to eat that or I don't like to eat that. But the idea mm-hmm. of I can't really starts to mess up your brain as far as yeah. having these restrictions and that you have to, these rules that you have to stick by. What about if we learned portion control? What if we learned moderation? What if we learned that vegetables were good? What if we learned that, you know, it's okay to have a treat when we want one, but maybe not have to go search and destroy the entire freezer section. Um, And so those are the types of things that I think NBS really does well in changing that relationship with food because typically in most households, the mom's relationship with food truly becomes your children's relationship with food. You're the one who's making dinner. Typically you're the one putting the food on the table. And if you're putting taco night out for your kids and you're sitting over there with a little piece of chicken and broccoli, that's teaching your kids a really messed up version of what's right and wrong. Um, And so that's one of the reasons why when we create, when, when Bradley created the program and the way that we continue to, to push the program forward really does allow for moms to have that mental load piece taken off of like, I can have dinner with my family. I can go out to dinner with my spouse. I can go to brunch with my girlfriends. Brunch with my girlfriends is one of my favorite things. So um, making sure that we still enjoy the finer things in life because it goes by so fast. I I have a 15 year old, like the childhood piece is like gone almost. So being able to enjoy those portions of life are so important. Yeah. Not lose. I mean, we hear it all the time, you know, I feel like I've lost myself. Like there is nothing more heartbreaking than when I hear, and I'm on any kind of strategy consequence, like, yeah, I feel like they're like, oh, I do this, 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 and this, and this, but I don't take care of myself. I'm like, how, how, why, how? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, from the competitor standpoint, like I had a healthy, unhealthy relationship with food. Like yeah, I had, I had an eating disorder by the time I was in my late twenties because of all the years I spent, you know, trying to compete. Yep. And, you know, one of my favorite things, I actually put a reel up not long ago is, you know, cause I get asked like, what does a 35 year old man have anything to do with speaking to women about menopause and nutrition? I have everything. I'm a girl dad. I've got, I'm, I'm a single dad 50% of the time. Cause we don't live in the same state 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. So the, the mom putting food on the table, guess who that is? That's me. The mom's relationship with food that is being pushed on their daughter. That's me 50% of the time when she's with us. Mm-hmm. And then also I'm like, <clears throat> So my, the woman who I love in my life, I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with is perimenopausal. My mother went through menopause. I helped take care of my grandmother in her dying years. So what do I have? What do I have to do with it? A lot, because I've seen the women I love in my life. And then my daughter who is going to grow up in this world. Yeah. I have everything to speak on it and to make sure that we don't perpetuate the same issues continuing forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think is super powerful. And I think that, I think that, you know, one of the big words that you guys used um, to describe yourselves, and I couldn't agree more, couldn't agree more is resilience. And um, you kind of alluded to this just now, Bradley, but you guys work really hard to even make your relationship work, right? To, to make your everything work for your kids, because you're living in two different states, like you said, and you guys are on two different custody schedules as well with your kids. 
So talk mm-hmm. about what that kind of looks like so people can get an idea of like how hard you guys work to make this a flexible thing that you can do and teach and, and make happen for not only yourselves, because that's the most important part, but for all of these people across the world that are, are participating in MBS. It's funny. You said, you know, how hard you work. And I'm like, the only thing that in my mind that we work hard at is work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, oh, I, I don't know. Our life is pretty complicated. Our life is, it's just <laughs> for us, it's become so normal. Like when we talk about it, when like we have things booked out, like our schedules are booked out three, three to six months in advance, like, mm-hmm. because it, we don't have any other option. Like one of us is on a plane every nine days. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Jennifer flew in Wednesday night, Wednesday night. We both fly out Monday. You fly I, back on Wednesday. I fly back Wednesday. She flies back. No, then I fly back out again Friday. on Friday. Like, but that's just our life. Like mm-hmm. people commute to work and they do things like that. We don't. So you just have to be, but it we, takes a lot of organization. It, it takes, takes a lot of organization. Like we Absolutely. have six different calendars that we all share. Yes. We, um, when I meal, when I like plan the week ahead, I have to think about like, what state am I going to be in? Where do the groceries need to be? What meals are we having out? What meals are we having in an airport? What meals are we having? Like how many things are, how much fruit do I have at which household? Mm-hmm. Like keeping track of all of that can be really overwhelming and yeah. is a huge mental lift but that also when clients come to us and they're like oh i travel for work i'm like oh do you great let's talk about that because we Mm -hmm. do too you travel for work we travel (laughs) for for, life for life life. (laughs) well for three more years yeah Mm -hmm. when save is out of high school things should maybe calm down a little bit yeah yeah but how do we how do we do it you just have to be you have to be really intentful with your time excuse me intentional with your time Mm -hmm. um that's why when going back to what we're talking about earlier you know if i had uh you know two hours in my day to fuck off like sure but (laughs) we have to be really intentional. Like, you know, this morning it was, we slept in a little bit. We, when I say slept in, Kennedy came in bedroom at like six 45 cause the unicorn was green. So she, she, whatever <laughs> well, I was talking about the green unicorn means like she's going to get out of bed. <laughs> she's going to get a start. She usually, she usually crawls in in the middle of the night. Then I take her back. She came out like six 45. Um, I had planned to be up at six. I was going to try to get some things done for work, honestly, before this for AR and things like that. <laughs> that didn't happen, but it's okay. Got to spend some family time together. Went to go drop off Kennedy um at my mom's house because we were doing this today but before that i spent 30 minutes taking care of like 30 minutes of like really intentional work um now we're doing this after this we have uh, like our day is time blocked yeah almost every day into like the i point- put showers in my calendar yeah like <laughs> and i can't tell you the, the one thing i'll be honest the one thing that i haven't been good about in probably the last six months or a year of my life is i'll put a workout on my calendar i can't tell you how many times i skip that workout like mm-hmm. just being honest, because I get, I get wrapped in roped into work. Yeah. We're working on We're, it. Though. I'm working on it. Um, mm-hmm. but you have to be really intentional. You have to be, you have to, you have to have boundaries with all aspects of your life. You have to know when to say no, you have to know, you have to know when to not overexert, like over, overexert yourself in terms of the, your commitments. Like, yeah. And like, if we'll go on a date night, we have to be really intentional to not talk about work because it can be really oh, yeah. like it, we can get start, start sucked in and our creative juices start flowing. Like we'll be out at dinner and having a glass of wine. And then all of a sudden we're oh my God, like what if we did this and this and this and this? And we have to be like, yeah. wait, whoa, this is not work time. This is mm-hmm. us time. Yeah. Um, and that's really, I think one of the things that most people think, oh, that must be awesome. You guys get to work together. And like, mm, nope, not all the time. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's funny. No, it's, it's, and it's funny. Cause like, I, I've always had like that lone wolf mentality. I've worked on my own. I've had my own company. And when we started dating and working together, I was like, yes, there was the chemistry of work, like, or like the chemistry of like vibing together and creating and things like that. But I was like, 
like, I don't know how this is going to work long run. And <clears throat> that's one thing with like, with work, work is never, it's never a sticking point for us. Like if we have a disagreement with work, it lasts for like, we like knock it out, like right there mm-hmm. and we move on because yeah. work, it, it cannot seep into every aspect of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way we get through it, to be completely honest, is what I tell people all the time. When people are like, how do you guys do it? I'm like, because I know there's an angle. I know that this back and forth isn't forever, but more importantly, what's my alternative? My alternative isn't, is we aren't together. My alternative is I don't, Jennifer is not in Kennedy's life. I don't get to see Ava grow up. So my alternative is not an option. So there's no, oh, complaining that this is hard or or like, this is exhausting. No, because the alternative is literally not an option. So, and I think that's how it just we, is what it is. How we approach a lot of problems in life. It's like this is not an option. Like it's not an option for me not to take care of myself. I have to because I want to live a long, healthy life for my family. I want to be able to see Ava walk down the aisle. I want to see my grandkids grow up. It's not an option for me not to take care of myself. I think a lot of people, especially moms, we put ourselves on the back burner and we're like, "Well, I'll do it someday." Well, ladies, listen, it is not an option for you to do that because you need to take care of yourself now because it compounds year after year after year and you're not getting any younger. I'm sorry to break it to you, but it gets harder and harder and harder. So the investments that you're making now, like in your 30s, in your 40s, are going to pay off into your 50s or 60s or 70s. This is the time. Do not wait until it's too late. And when you're finally ready, um, we hear that all the time. Well, I'm just, I have this vacation or I have this thing or I, no, 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 no. Today is the day, not next week, not two months from now, not four years from now when your kids have graduated from high school. This is the time that you have um, and do it today. And that's how you should approach every problem in life. It's not, you know, stop procrastinating. That is, that's the old, that should be the old you. The new you should take things head on. Yeah, there's, there's, I always tell people there's not going to be a perfect time, right? Um, and no. it's hard. It's, it's not easy to always have that be your, your inner dialogue, right? Like we all have the art, that susceptibility to kind of go down that rabbit hole within our own brains and our own decision making. But, you know, if you have to wait until the perfect time to start something or do something, what is that training your brain to do? It's training your brain to say, like, I can't do this thing that I'm trying to, to undertake when I'm busy. Or I can't yeah. do this thing when I'm trying to undertake while I'm on vacation, right? So like if you are training your brain that now, then that means when you do start, when it's all perfect and you have a free schedule and you have everything lined up perfectly for you, the second that there's a little bit of adversity, what's the first thing to go, right? What right. you're trying to start because you already told your brain that you're not going to stick with it during these tougher times. Sorry, it's like the reel you put up the other day about habit stacking. Habit stacking can go two ways. It can mm-hmm. work. It can work in your favor, and it can definitely work not in your favor. And that's <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, 100%. like your habit of not working out right now. Look, <laughs> I've been. Hey, I've, been I've, I've I've walked. Look, I've walked every day. I told Kennedy when I got her when I picked up Kennedy on Wednesday. I was like, mm-hmm. kiddo, I was like, you and Daddy got to walk every day this month. Every day this month, and I've gotten every workout in that I'm supposed to. They might not be as long as there's not long, but like. <laughs> I might not get the accessory work in, but I'm getting yeah. in my main four lifts. I'm, I'm doing it. And don't yeah. worry. It's it sorry. I'm like, Oh no, like I feel good again. I started a show and I can still yeah. bench more than Mike. That's fine. 
Perfect. And, yeah. and probably and probably squat more than him too, but it's okay. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, that, that's what matters. That's what matters. Um, no, I, I've been there too, and it's it is really easy, especially when um, you know you have a lot of people that are demanding a lot of your time. I'm I'm guilty of the same thing right now. I don't have that luxury because I'm doing the seventy five hard and, and all of that, but it's I'm also really guilty of like somebody needs a little bit of extra help or man, I got a really booked day Thank today. You. So like, this is the, yeah. The, yeah. Jen and Bradley, Jen exactly, and Bradley text yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. A little subtweet right there. Um, no, it's, it's, I'm, I'll sacrifice my own things that don't necessarily have to be in my schedule, but then I realize that they truly actually do have to be in my schedule. And so I got to be a little bit more firm on, on those types of things, because if it's not in my schedule after a few days of that compounding, not sleeping very well, right? Like I'm not mm-hmm. able to show up mentally with the same level of sharpness. I'm not able to physically feel as good to where I can show up and be on, right? Because I'm on Zoom calls on, and meetings and group calls and lives and stuff all day, every day, not to mention podcasts now. Um, so it's <laughs> like, I have to be on, I have to be like this version of myself all the time. And so if I am not filling my own cup, I can't show up with a full cup to be that, right? That I want to be. But Speaking of, of resilience, right? You guys kind of, you guys show that exact same resilience within your company. And so I want you guys to share um, kind of your journey over the past year with your ups and downs and, and what that's looked like. Started, you want to start January last year? So like- where do you want, you want to, you want to start? So this is starting post COVID, right? Yeah, <laughs> Cause that was the first, that was the first big blow. That was before yeah. nutrition. Yeah. Um, post-COVID. Yeah. Well, so in, from 2021 to 2022, the company grew really fast. Uh, we grew about 51% that year. Okay. It was a huge increase. Like every other COVID company. Yeah, we were coming out of COVID. People were anxious to connect and and want and were really trying to take care of themselves mm-hmm. again. And uh, one of our biggest demographics are healthcare professionals. So, mm-hmm. you know, they were finally like, oh gosh, we're out of that, that big hump. So like we can, I can actually take care of myself again. Um, yeah. So we thought January 2023, or though, yeah, 20, mm-hmm. in 2022 is when we grew by 51 23, we were like, oh, gangbusters. We had this huge Facebook group that we had started. It was around 7,000 people. Um, We had a huge month in uh, November of 22, December 22, January 23. And then in March of 23, the bottom fell out. And we had one of the worst months we've ever had. We lost the Facebook group of 7,000 people (laughs) due to Facebook's internal stupid policies. Um, and we had to start from scratch. scratch. Um, and we had no idea what we were doing. We have never had, we've had a few business consultants, but nobody that really like, we haven't like bought any programs or anything like that. Other than when he did his first coach, we have, um, sort of somebody that we call a friend that was helping us with some mm-hmm. things on the side, Natasha, she's amazing. Um, but we were just trying to pull the pieces together by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we had a CRM that we were kind of working with that was relatively new. We were trying to figure out how to utilize it the best, but it wasn't really built for fitness professionals. It was built for more of your B2C company or yeah. your, or, uh, you, maybe some B2B companies um, out there. Um, and we were pouring money into it, like just trying to figure out how to make it work and trying and trying. And we went through the whole summer and things got a little bit better over the summer, um, but we were exhausted too. We yeah. were pouring probably 60, 70 hours a week, both of us easy. into the company, easy. Yeah. Um, just to keep the light and just to keep the just lights to keep on. the lights on, just to break even of what our um, overhead costs are because we use registered dietitians. Our costs are a little bit higher than what you know having if it was just the two of us working within the company. Yep. Um, and so we were getting ready to leave for our trip to Peru, which we had planned about a year and a half ago. And, and we're like, well, how are we going to go away for ten days? 
but we were we were committed to doing it. And Mike from AR said, just jump on a quick call with me. And we were like, eh, whatever, like, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. And I was sitting on the side, I remember at our dining room table and he was taking the call and he started going into what AR did. And I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can you repeat all of that? And I swung my my chair around and we started listening into what Mike had to tell us about what AR does. And it was like the light bulb had gone off. Like mm-hmm. it was finally that we had found a CRM and a system that actually understood and, and people that understood what we were saying when we talked about um, our touch point flows or we talked about our um, our renewal flows or, or how we got clients to come back in or when how many times we wanted to talk to them or what the check-in process looked like. All of those things you guys understood right away at AR. Um, and so we were, we were like, hey, we're gonna go away to Peru and when we get back, we need the system up and running in two weeks. Mm-hmm. We were a little aggressive, maybe. But y'all made it happen. But, but you guys made it happen. But, <laughs> you know, and I, Baker, like I said, I don't consume a lot of social media. I consume quite, yours, yours I consume. You know, you talked about on, once you talked about, um, the, like, the highs and lows. You know, yep. there's this, there's this smoke and mirrors bullshit of being, and I hate saying it. I don't, people are like, what do you do for work? I'm like, I sit behind a desk. Like, I don't like saying CEO. I don't like saying, like, I'll be like, I founded Nutrition Bill Strength. Like, that sounds like, okay, so, like we found it. It's so funny that you say that because my, this is how, and she's going to listen to this and she's going to get on to me, but this is how my wife introduces what I do because she'll, people will be like, what do you guys do for work? And she goes, she always says like what she does. And then she's like, and you do a lot of things. And then she just like says, <laughs> kind of like pauses and she just says that to me. And so then I'm always have to, I wish she would just say like, you know, Baker runs a business or, you know, Baker, you know, he, he works in fitness or something like that so that I don't have to go in and explain because then I'm like, okay, she said I do a lot of things, which means I have to list more than one thing. So then I'm like, <laughs> I got to list like my equipment company, software company, coaching company. And then I'm like, now I sound like a douchebag because I'm just yeah. listing a bunch of, cra- like, it's not near as impressive as it sounds. It really isn't. No, no, it's not, so, so I was wrong. Jennifer doesn't do what your wife says. Jennifer goes, He's the CEO of, of, of our company. I'm like, uh, like vomit. Yes. But like there's this, there's this glorification of, you know, being quote unquote CEO or in being mm-hmm. a, co- a, business founder, owner. a business owner and co-founder. Yes. And you talk about, you know, the going back to being resilient, being a business owner and like, we're still a startup. This is year four. Like we are being, I, I will say like, and that's not me or Jennifer. That's the entire team. Like for a startup business in a service industry, I'm really proud of our team. Yep. I'm really proud. Like we grew by 3% last year, but what does the day-to-day look like? Ooh. Putting out fires constantly. Where did, how do we service? You wake up to putting out fires mm-hmm. and then you go into the business development side and then you go into your brain just in a hole of like, how do I make this experience better? How do I improve the customer service, the customer experience? How do I, how do we do this? How do we do that? And you have months where you're like, how the fuck are we going to keep the light on? Like there is to be going back to being resilient. It's that is something. And I don't mean to knock anybody that's like trying to get into their own business. That's not something that can be taught. Mm -hmm. Not at all. That's not something that can be taught. It's something that you just have to, you have to tick differently. You have to know that you have to really at the end of the day. And here's, here's what it comes down to when the weight loss drugs came out, I had a friend who is in the same industry. He's been, he's has, he has a company. Uh, it's, I, I don't know how big, um, but they also focus on, you know, weight loss um, and things like that. 
and weight loss drugs came out, there was times when we would text each other and I was like, how are you guys doing this here? He's like, just trying to keep the lights on, man. And I was like, us too. I was like, okay, cool. But like that gave me some solidarity that like, we're not the only company that was like kind of struggling to get some traction. There's other things that came to factor. And then I talked to him probably around September and I was like, how are you guys holding up? He's like, I don't know. He's like, we might close shop. He goes, I went back to personal training in person. Uh, my wife went back and got a regular nine to five job. And what I'm getting at is when it comes to resilience, when it comes to owning your own business, you got to be the person that realizes that if you're really to really be invested in your own company, in my mind, and I'm not saying I'm successful yet by any means, I've got a long way to go. You got to be all in. Like there is no plan B. Mm -hmm. There is every resource that you're going to invest emotionally, financially, uh, whatever, every resource. If you really want to be resilient, you got to be ready to get like every odd stacked up against you. Take every hit possible until there's truly nothing left. And there's been times where I thought, trust me, there's been a lot of times where we've been close to nothing left close. Like somebody tried to take the company out from under us, like a lot, a lot of hit, hit after hit. But to be resilient, you just, you have to have your heart in it. You have to truly know where does your heart lie? What is your, what are your true, um, not even your motivations? What is your, what is your reason behind doing what you're doing? And that has to be so intrinsic that the external gratification, um, the external distractions, distractions or the external, even the financial ready. The, the financial does not fucking matter. Your internal reason needs to drive everything that you fucking do. Because if yep. not, guess what? When there's no money in the bank on one month and you don't know how to, and you're starting at literal zero or you're taking out a loan to pay, you're taking out a $50,000 loan to make sure you cover payroll that month, that, yeah, you're going to crack. You're going to mm-hmm. crack. Yeah. It's a, uh, it, so you guys, the bottom you said fl- fell out in March of 23. The bottom fell right? out more than once. Right. It's fallen out more than once. So the bottom fell out. The bottom fell out when the company could try to get taken from us in 22. Two. The bottom fell out. Um, that is when Afton, who is like our family now, um, Afton essentially, she took over. It was Afton, uh, myself, Jennifer, Dana, who helped me build the initial uh, back end of uh, nutrition bill strength um, and Don, um, mm-hmm. we were down to one registered dietitian and we had over a hundred clients. And yeah, I think she, at one point she was like 130 clients deep. Like, like we were, it was, and we were, we were scrambling first of all to pick up the pieces because there was a lot of backlash. Uh, there were people that left. There were people like there was legal stuff we were dealing with. So the bottom fell out for almost two months. Like we were checking in like Afton, there was called Afton wellness checks. We would, Send her text in the morning, all uh, the time. Yeah. What do you need? You need food delivered. Got it. We're sending you DoorDash. You need, you need a babysitter. Tell us, just use the company credit card. You need this. Wait, so we the bottom, sent her pens. We sent her paper. Whatever. We sent her you, anything. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. You, whatever. So the bottom fell out there. Then the bottom fell out again. When the trolls started attacking us in like January of twenty. When the trolls started attacking us, we saw a bottom fall out. We saw a dip. Obviously, if, if you guys don't know anything about defamation, don't bother wasting your time because there's no proving it. It's, it's impossible. <laughs> there needs to be. Yeah. So we saw the bottom didn't fall out hard, but we saw we saw March was hard and October was our, hard. Yeah. Our lead generation was hard. It was hard to get traction again because there's literally you could we couldn't post anything out there without 
it just getting ripped apart by mm-hmm. and then people that don't know and it's not it's no it's no fault to the public but people that don't know seeing you know he cheated on his wife blah 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 like you don't you don't know shit you're just reading it and it's no fault i'm not mad at those people yeah but we saw and that was that was also like a two month three month lull mm-hmm. then we lost the then we lost the facebook group that was seven thousand people that was in 23 that was from march mm-hmm. we re- we rebuilt it yeah, we're at three thousand as we're, of today. We have our three thousandth member. Three thousand, nice. right? And we're in Jan- we're in January of twenty four, um, but from March of twenty three up until September of twenty three, when I say the bottom fell out, every month I would be sitting there waiting, looking, going on like around the twenty fifth of every month. I was like, "How fast can I get a loan? How fast can I get a loan just in case? How fast can I get a loan just in case? Mm-hmm. Just to cover payroll." And then we we started working with you guys in September, late September, early October, and then in November we had our largest month we've ever had. Yep. Yeah. Um, a big six figure month, um, larger than any month we've ever had, and we really know that it had a lot to do with the work we did with AR. Um, December um, was a hard month for us uh, personally. Bradley's dad died on December first. Yep. And we had a plan in place, though, through AR to go prior into to prior, prior, to leaving, prior to all that happening. Prior right? to all that happening, the week, we were the week in Mexico. after that all happened, right? But we had yeah, already had it we, set. We had already had it ready to go. We had the scholar. We had a scholarship plan in place, um, and that was the only thing that got us through December financially with the company. Um, mm-hmm. If we had not had AR during that time, I don't know where we would be today. Um, because emotionally we didn't have, we didn't have anything to give to the company. And when you're a business owner, you have to have emotion. You have to have that ability to like throw yourself in. And we had nothing like emotionally to give because of, um, when his, his dad died. So we, we really do think like AR got us through the holidays, got us through December, pulled us, pulled us back, pulled us back back into the game with, with the, the goal for 23 is now our site set on 24 and honestly like having having a team of people that we can bounce ideas off of. And, yeah. you know, it's, you know, even in the hard months, like, I'm not gonna lie, like January is kind of a, that's, it's, we're, we're kind of dragging in January. Mm-hmm. But when you've, when you've been through it enough, and again, you got to know your why, you got to know yeah. your reason. When you've been through it enough, like, are my stress a little bit? Sure. But once upon a time, this stress would have me completely crippled. And now I'm just yeah. like, okay, it's just, this is just another problem that we got to solve. Cause there is no, there is no other option. I'm not, there's no version of reality where we don't, I don't do everything I can to make sure that we leave something for, we, we leave something that our daughters can look at and go, wow, they cared so much about making sure my future was taken into consideration. There is there, I, I don't know any other, I don't know how you walk away from that and go, no, that's not important. I'm, yep. I'm cool. I'm cool. Scrapping everything including that like mm-hmm. you just that you you can't mm-hmm. yeah have you, have you guys ever heard of the the parable of the many-sided die no no so it's uh so this is super interesting <clears throat> i know i'm gonna probably butcher it but basically <laughs> the idea is <clears throat> you and your friend are playing this game okay um you've got two different dies okay or pieces of dice and one of them has 200 sides on it the other one has 20 okay now all of the sides on both dies are red, except for one. One of them's green. Okay. The rules are you can't see when you roll it. You can only you only know what color you rolled. Okay. So every time that you roll a red, you just get to re-roll. Every time that you roll a green, one extra green side gets added to that piece of die. 
till your die. So you and your friend are rolling, okay? You have no idea which one has the 20, which one has the 200. And your friend is complaining because you hit a, a green pretty early on. And they're mad because, you know, you obviously got the 20, 20 sided die and this is so much easier for you. And all this stuff is stacked up against me, right? And so they're complaining and complaining and they're about to give up. They roll their first green, right? And what every time that you hit a green, it's compounding. So you have an extra green side. You have more of a chance of hitting green on this next roll right? And so your friend gets bored a little bit into it and ends up giving up. But by this point, right, because you've just continued to just go, just go, just go, just go, you have you're pretty much hitting green every time. And so the whole parable, the whole idea of that is the only way that you can truly lose is if you give up like the friend did, you don't roll, right. And so when you look at it that way, and you look at it, like the things that you guys are doing, you know, you might have been punched in the face a bunch of times, but you got back up every single time, right? Mm-hmm. So after a while of that happening, you probably don't feel the punches near as much, right? Um, and you, <laughs> you start just, to learn what they look a- like, what they feel like, how to bounce back quicker. And so the idea is that you just you can just keep rolling and rolling and rolling. And every time that you learn, every time that you get knocked down and you have to get back up, every time that you experience a new thing, right? Like a, a loss of a family member or like, mm-hmm. you know, an entire lead acquisition source being your Facebook group of 7,000 people being shut off for, for no apparent reason. Like <laughs> you learn how to bounce back from those things. And then you you have the tools now inside your arsenal that you can at, at any point take out and use in situations in the future. And mm-hmm. so um, I think that that's a, that's a, a really good parallel to, to you guys in your journey, right? Being through all of these ups and downs is you you just didn't give up. And like you're saying, like, that's not an option. And right. and with that same mentality, if, as you continue to go, like these ups and downs, they won't feel near as big. They won't feel near, mm-hmm. near as as daunting because you've been here before and you know how to how to overcome it. Yeah, I think it, it's funny. I was just thinking about our clients and like our clients that fail in the beginning. We, I always like to tell them like fail fast, like fail as many times as possible quickly in the beginning, because that's where you're going to learn the most. Mm -hmm. And the more you fail, the more you learn. Um, Failure should never be looked at as like a negative thing. In fact, I think sometimes failure can be like a really big learning experience. Painful. We we both failed our marriages, but Mm -hmm. it taught us what we wanted in life. Fail at your diet because when you fail at something, you're going to learn how to do it better next time. And so I, this just idea of resiliency can be put into so many different aspects of what we do from a company standpoint, from a relationship standpoint, there are moments where both of us don't really, we don't, we don't tick exactly on, on speed. And I'm like, last night I, I, I did, I, I quipped at him a little bit. I was mad about something and I, I said something kind of nasty and I was like, fail fast and come back and apologize for it. Cause the sooner I apologize for it and we were able to get back on the same page, the better our relationship is. And so I think the, the resiliency lasts within our entire life of, um, the way we, we exercise, the way we diet, the way we live our lives, the way we, we, we figure out our schedules, the way we, every, every part of our life has this constant resiliency. And so that's a really big theme in, in what we do. And I think it, other people should take that and really think about where in your life are you failing and is it really a failure or is it where you're learning the most? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. So one more quote, and I told you guys, even before we hopped on here, one thing I like to do is just give out a quote and, um, kind of get my guests perspective on it. So I'm going to give you a quote here and I want to get some, get some perspective from you guys and, uh, from your journeys. Right. So Alex Ramosi has this reframing that he'll do, whether it's in a, an, uh, argument with Layla, his wife, or whether it's an, 
argument or a, a conflict at work or something, um, or just like a problem that maybe can feel insurmountable in the moment. He'll say this one simple sentence, okay? He'll say, you know, if you zoom out far enough, you can't see the earth. And it's just to reframe like really what our problems tip really are, right? Because if you zoom out far enough in a picture, you can't even see the earth. And we're worrying about this little stupid problem that's right here in front of us. So I want to get you guys' take on that. No, go ahead. Um, I think it's incredibly relevant um, for... I'm trying I'm trying to see I'm trying to be as PC as possible about this. There <laughs> there have been some big changes that I've discussed in that on this podcast in my life in the last 3 years. Yep. 2 years. Um I used to fire back really quick. I used to I used to let things get like like snap hard. Um I've been found uh on the floor um, having a full blown panic attack, um, and whether it's business relationships, personal, the one thing that one of the most complicated times in my life taught me is that if you, you just, you just can't, it's a moment, it's a moment in time. It's a moment in time. What is the most effective? And it's hard. I'm not saying don't feel it. I'm not saying that at all, but what is the most effective way for you to deal with this situation? How much time does the situation really? How much time is the situation really worth? Mm-hmm. Um, from a business standpoint, how is this really your problem, or is it time for you to hire somebody out and make it their problem? From a personal standpoint, is this going to matter tomorrow? Is this going to matter in a week? Mm-hmm. Are you going to remember this in a year? Like, no. So yeah. whatever whatever impact that that problem is going to have is the amount of effort you should put into it. And that's something, thankfully, again, some of the shit storms that I've caused myself in my life, <laughs> rightfully so, okay, mm-hmm. um, have taught me that there's there's a lot that you just got to, like we are talking about with Addy, like tell Addy, like you just got to let it, look at it different. Yeah, yep. you know what? It sucks. It sucks. It hurts. I'm not saying trolling doesn't hurt. It fucking hurts. They bring your, wait, wait if Addy ever has kids or you ever have kids, if they ever bring your kids into it, just no. see Watch, watch how much it hurts. Yep. Watch how much it hurts. But then you got to ask yourself, you got to ask yourself, one, can I do anything about this? Mm -hmm. And two, how, is this really worth my energy? Is, is, is is this problem worth my energy? And I venture to say that nine out of 10 times, is it worth your energy? Sure. But is it worth the energy that you think you need to invest in it? Absolutely fucking not. And you just got to roll with it. You just let it go. I think we talked about this just a minute ago, but when Bradley's dad passed away, I think it both gave us perspective of like Mm -hmm. life is so short and that we need to pour ourselves into the things that we enjoy, the moments that we enjoy. Zoom out. You are a little tiny speck on this earth and you are around for such a short period of time. Please take the moments to enjoy your family. Be present. Be, get off your so get off your phone, um, you know. Go travel the world. Do the things that you think you're putting off because you don't know when it's all going to be over. And there's nothing that we wouldn't do to have just like that one moment, you know. Again with his dad, and yeah. we don't have that anymore. So um, that you know, zooming out, yeah, because it's going to go by like that. It's, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I don't know how much. How, I don't know how close we are to the end, but I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna at least put this in here now. I was talking about my dad. My dad 
used to send me two texts multiple times a day, every day for probably the last seven to 10 years. Before he would say goodbye, his way of saying goodbye, he would send two texts, no punctuation, no capitalization. Sometimes it was spelled right. Sometimes it was spelled wrong. And it would drive me batshit because I'd be, I'd, he'd be like, what's your day like? I'm like, it's slammed. And this is what the tech, I, what, uh, how, how's vacation? How's Kennedy? How's Jen? No matter what, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, if I was having the shittiest day, no matter what, my dad would send the last two texts he would ever send me. Love you. Have fun. And if we're talking about zooming out at the end of the day, make sure that you have two things in your life. Make sure you have a lot of love and make sure you have a lot of fun. And now that's tattooed on my arm. I love that. That's powerful. I love it a lot. Thank you for sharing that. Um, last thing that I ask of all my guests is <clears throat> I'll let you guys both kind of uh, answer individually. Bradley and Jennifer, what are you going to accomplish by any means necessary? Um, well, so by any means necessary, I'm going to raise two amazing daughters. Um, I'm going to help them see themselves in a light that, um, you know, shines bright within them, um, that brings out the best parts of them. That is something I will do with by all means necessary. Um, I will love this man until the day I die. I have made a commitment, a lifetime commitment after being married twice before. Um, I now know what the power of marriage is and how much I want to be married to this man. So uh, we're not engaged, but that is definitely something that by all means necessary, I will create a long time lifetime partnership with this man. And I will leave a mark on the diet industry that makes it so that 12 year old Jennifer, who used to go to Weight Watchers, never feels the way that she did about herself. Um, and that other women feel empowered to take control of their own health as well. I got to go after that. Yeah. <laughs> Tough by, act to any means, by any means necessary. Um, I'll start with the easy one. I'll start with the business one. Uh, when I had my personal training business um, and I tried and failed uh, to open three different gyms, uh, I was never able to secure all the investments uh, because everything I wanted to do was so out of the, not out of the box, but was so, it was so expensive. And because I said, I don't want to just do something to, I, w- I don't want to just have another fucking gym. I want to make a mark. I want to make a mark on the industry. I want to leave something. I don't care if anybody knows my name. I don't give a shit about that. I just want to do something that's going to improve the industry in a way. So with nutrition, bill strength, I will do everything I can. And it's been shown time and time again to make sure that I leave something that is going to help future women make sure that they don't go through the same bullshit that they've been fed for so many years or feel like there's nothing there that speaks to them or understands them because I have all girls in my life. I've got a future wife next to me. I've got a three-year-old daughter. I've got a 14-year-old future stepdaughter. I've got my mother. Those are the main people in my life. They're all women. So if I don't do something to help their future or their generations or their legacies, that's not an option. Second is I will do everything I can to make sure that work is not my life. Um, I was a workhorse for most of my life. Um, and once Kay was born and you know now having Ava in my life and seeing how quickly it goes by, um, I will do everything I can to make sure that number one, on my tombstone, if someone's like, what was he good at? He was a great dad. Because I'll tell you right now, my dad, he retired when I was five years old. And if somebody asked me, what was your dad good at? He was a great fucking dad. 
Couldn't tell you a damn thing about his business. I know what he did. Couldn't tell you shit about it. He was a great fucking dad. Um, and last is I will do everything I can to show, to show, I'm going to say this preemptively, show my future family, my future family, <laughs> <laughs> what a loving marriage looks like, because I was shown what a loving marriage was, what a loving marriage looks like. I was shown that in my life and I didn't follow that path because of guilt, but I want to show my girls what that looks like, what it looks like. It doesn't need to look perfect and buttoned up, what it looks like to have a healthy and loving relationship with somebody so that they have something that they can look for. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. I know you're super busy. Um, and I know you guys got a lot going on with all the travel and the business and everything like that. So I appreciate you guys taking the time and, uh, hopefully we can have you guys on here again soon and, and recap a first, uh, seven figure year. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Let's do it. No, thank you for having us on. Appreciate you Thanks, guys. Baker. Talk to you soon. Bye everybody. If you made it this far, I cannot express enough to you how thankful I am that you are watching the show at all, but much less getting to the end of it and finishing an entire episode. So I really appreciate you. And I just wanted to let you know that if you want to subscribe on YouTube and make sure that you don't miss another episode or follow the show, that's the only way that you can ensure that you get a notification or get notified every time the episodes go live on Mondays. We have a bunch planned for upcoming episodes, so I want to make sure that you do get notified. So make sure that you're doing those things. Now, if you really enjoyed it, make sure you share the show with a friend, even if it's just a timestamp, like I said at the beginning of this one, or leave a five-star review on any type of audio platform, and that helps us to get noticed by more people as well. If you're interested in Bradley and Jennifer's approach to nutrition, I've got all their stuff linked down below, and if you want to support me or the show on a deeper level, I've got all of my companies listed down there as well. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you, and I'll see you in the next one.